Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome back to the Generations Church podcast. My name is Jeff Luddington. I'm the lead pastor at Generations Church, and today I have a friend, a special guest, also a pastor at Generations Church, brand new. You can still smell the wrapper and the brand new pastor stuff, Paul Tay. Paul, welcome. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on today. It's uh, really great to be part of Generations. Um, I've never been introduced uh, as uh, being wrapped, but I'm glad you see me as a gift. <laughs> there you go, man. And, and you still got that new pastor smell, but that's actually not super, super true. Um, Paul, I've known you. I think, man, it's it's got to be coming up on somewhere around 15 years, 12 years, 13 years, something like that. Anyhow, um, I remember I remember when we met as I was becoming a pastor, you helped examine me. And um, and then I got to pay you back as you were moving towards ordination. I got to help examine you. So we have a funny, uh, a funny history there. But um, I know a lot about you, but the church doesn't. And uh, we hired you in the middle of coronavirus. So we didn't get to go through a lot of the things that might have been done in a more normal setting. So maybe this will be a fun way they can get to know you. So I wanted to ask you just to share about you and your family, just, you know, just personally, just kind of who are you and, and how, yeah, what makes up Pastor Paul Tay? All right, I'll start with my connection to Generations. Um, uh, I'm a worship leader. Um, I'm a songwriter. Um, I'm a minister, an ordained minister in the Reformed Church of America. Um, I've always had tons of interests. Um, I think for me, the, the commonality in terms of working in church and, and also being connected with my community is I, I love connecting people to one another and especially people to God. Um, that's always kind of been my life mission. Uh, I am, uh, I'm married, uh, to my wife, Cherie. Uh, we've been married 20 plus years in a while. I was just thinking that as I was just describing that <laughs> we've got three kids. Uh, I've got three girls, um, Sophia, uh, she's 19, Camille is 17 and Melina is 15. So it's pretty great. Um, ironically enough, um, I grew up in Cerritos, and so this is a bit of yeah. a homecoming for me. Um, Cherie graduated from Cerritos High School, so looking wow. across the street, our first Sunday there, she was talking to our kids and say, I graduated from that school. Um, I think I spent many uh, a study session at the Cerritos Library, and mm -hmm. uh, I went to the Valley Christian, so, um, so just Cerritos feels like it's a lot of coming home and coming back to my roots. So it feels, feels pretty cool. Um, I grew up at New Life Community Church, which is right around the corner from there. And uh, just a super formative time in my, my life. I really always grew up in faith, and, uh, but really faith came alive to me um, in, in, uh, in high school. And so I just look back at that time in my life and that season and that location with such super fond memories. That's so cool. I, uh, well, I did know you grew up around here just because I know your parents and I know what church you were at, but I didn't know that about Sharice. So that's really cool to hear. I didn't know that. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, the other night we were on Zoom. Uh, obviously, we're in the middle of coronavirus still. And, and uh, we were on Zoom meeting with the other elders. And one of them, a little fanboyish, uh, decided to say he had a cassette tape of a recording of a band you recorded back in, it has to be the 80s. Is that, 
Is that correct? It's totally true. Um, <laughs> totally true. Um, so my worship leading, um, and I would just say musical career, if you want to call it a career, um, really started in high school. And I was invited uh, by my youth pastor to lead worship at a, for a high school group. And up until that time, it was his wife, and they wanted to give some students an opportunity in ministry. And, you know, I was super green. Um, I had played a fair amount of Mozart and Chopin before then. And so playing these new worship songs that were coming out of Calvary Chapel were, were you know, was a little bit different. And so um, they were super patient with me. And, and so sure enough, in that youth group, there was a friend of mine, Andy, and uh, he had a keyboard, and he had a rolling keyboard, and it was legit. Okay. And so we started a band and um, our, uh, we started playing it at, at our church youth groups and um, they started liking us and uh, he was a pretty good looking guy. And so I think that helped too. <laughs> um, and so I was along for the ride and uh, sure enough, we entered a contest at Cerritos High School and we won and our popularity, wow. if you want to call that, just continued to grow. And uh, so we were kind of on the youth groups, um, whether it was houseboats, we were playing up at houseboats or Pine Summit or going down into Orange County. And um, so it was a circuit that we were starting to play it. And I think I was 18 at the time. It was, uh, it was kind of fun. <laughs> it was all techno pop too, by the way. It was techno pop ish worship. So very influenced from uh, the uh, British new wave of synth pop. And so. <laughs> That's funny. So I have this image now. So my wife and I also went to a youth group together. I was not a Christian. She was much better than I was. I was more there for her and girls in general than I was for Jesus. But um, I have images of youth group and worship that really had to do with mini trucks and closed cigarettes and uh, Depeche Mode and Yaz and all those bands. And so I, that's the image I have right now of you and worship back then. So that's Really cool. I'm going to savor that image. It's it's probably accurate. And as you say, yes, <laughs> yeah. and you say Depeche Mode, that was all about it. And yeah. my hair my hair was probably standing up four four inches high. And uh, I think it was blue for a period of time too. So as much as you well, can we get my dark hair blue. Lost all our listeners by the two things you by the stuff you and I just confessed, <laughs> but that's all right. So um, cool. I want to shift over a little more serious. Um, I, I you've said a lot of serious things. Uh, You've been engaged in worship for a long time. You've been married for a long time. You've been in ministry for a long time. Um, from I know that. I know you helped plant a church in Chino, which when you said you're natively from here, you guys live in Chino now, which really, I think the church plant took you out there. But um, yeah, just a little bit about that. And then um, the question I want to ask is what you mentioned connecting people to God and that, um, that you have a passion to connect people to God. And so I would ask, um, in the context of what you've done, I know you've helped plant. I know you've been a lead pastor. Uh, you've been a worship pastor and, and done various worship positions. How do you use that to connect people to God? What's something people might hear about that? I think the best way to describe it for me, and maybe this is helpful for your listeners, is to really think of yourselves as an instrument. And that's no pun intended for you know, for, for, the, for the music discussion. But really, you know, the instrument is in the hands of someone who plays really well, you know. Um, obviously, you know, we want to be the best instrument we can, and I would probably much rather play on a, on a Steinway piano, you know, than some sort of a 
small little parlor piano, you know, that's really great. But, you know, great musicians can make even bad instruments sound pretty well and pretty good. Sure. And so I think to think of ourselves as instruments in God's hands and, and, and particularly in the spirit's hands is, is been really helpful for me. And so whether I'm being used as an instrument in the church, right. To, to, to connect people to one another, connect people to God and worship, um, whether you're being used in, in the world, in an area of mission, right. To connect people mm-hmm. and then to engage in these everyday conversations. I, I think people are very intrigued by discussion. I, I think that they're very intrigued and want to talk about their experiences and their, their life experiences and, and having the time to listen and seeing yourself as an instrument um, in God's hands and particularly the spirit's hand, who's doing all the calling. Um, I, I think that, that, that helps me. And so I don't know if that helps your listeners, but it really helps me. You know, That's I, cool. I think what, what I found most interesting is you talk about um, just growing up and, you know, we'll make the Cerritos connection here is, you know, I was at that time in my life, I was in, college and I was attending a reformed church in the morning. Okay. And in great community and lots of love and where I grew up in, in the youth group. But at night I was heading to like a Pentecostal charismatic church, you know, in Anaheim, the vineyard. And just seeing those two different worlds, I, I literally was in different worlds and loving the, the, the theology and the place that I come from and the community that I come from, and yet seeing, you know, when I would go on Sunday nights, like uh, literally a, a church that was sold out in worship. You know, I remember the, I remember the first time that I'd went, I think they were in Anaheim closer to Disneyland and it was the debut. This is really going to date. Okay. It was the, it was the debut introduction song of shine Jesus shine and Grand <laughs> had come. And so, and so I just remember just being a part of that and saying, there's something really special when, when, when God's people worship. And, and I think for me, as I grew up, it's, you know, when you look at where we're all going, you know, hopefully we'll get there. When you start looking at where history is going, as we read in Revelation, Revelation is a worship book, right? You just see it. It's all over the place. The people are in worship, the elders, the, the, the creatures that are surrounding it's, it's, it's worship, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and also when we, we think about, you know, the largest book in, in the Bible is, is a book of worship, right? Yeah. 150 chapters. And okay. so, so when we start looking and thinking about all that, you know, in the connection of worship, um, this really has been a passion of my, my entire life. And so, um, and it's been very formative to my own life too. That's really cool. You, uh, you flipped something around. I was listening to you and, and I wasn't, I didn't know where you were going with this, but, um, we were talking about our, uh, us being an instrument. Um, people might take away the idea that how we perform or what we do, but you, you kind of flipped that around into we're instruments in God's hands. And I thought it was really good. Uh, that's a really powerful, um, uh, image like when you said a really good musician, I imagine a, a classic pianist or somebody that's really good at guitar or something anyhow goes and they take a rinky dink guitar or you know a crazy piano and, and they can really make it sound good. They can they can do all kinds of things I can't do with it and that's what God does with us and uh, that was powerful. I thought that was really cool. That stood out. Yeah, for sure. 
Let me ask you this just as as people who are part of the church or or that are listening that are not a part of the church, um, where do you see us and in your role particularly, and, and just for everybody listening, uh, Paul's role will be more emphasized in worship right now, but he is a pastor. He will be a part of even forming our future. And so obviously there'll be a, a greater impact than just what we do maybe on a Sunday morning service or something. But as the the average Christian attends their church and belongs and attends on Sunday and whatever, they see shifts in worship. They think they see changes in the worship service or in the worship, the ministry of it itself. How do you, what do you see your role? What do you, what do you see like something you will do or achieve or help us all achieve as a church over the next, maybe one year, three years, three years, um, through what you bring, which is a lot, you bring a lot to us to worship. You have lots of gifts and, and background. What do you think we'll see? What, what what can we anticipate and look forward to? I think in the bottom of my heart, I, uh, as we talked about earlier, I, I really want to see generations connect at a whole nother level in worship, right? To make it look as Psalm-like and Revelation-like as possible. And, and that is not just on the outside, right, where it looks great, and, but, but really this deep soul connection with God. And, and I find that there's something that's really great to worship on your own in your car or playing. But there's something tremendously unique when you're gathered with God's people, right? It's, it's, I liken it to a family that, that it's, it's really great when I get to spend individual time with, with Camille. That's super important. Or Sophia or, or Milena. But there's something about the dinner table when we're all gathered that mm-hmm. makes it uniquely family, right? Right. That, and, and there is something really unique about God's people worshiping together. And so my hope is to help facilitate and bring, out, bring that out and into very passionate, um, uninhibited worship, um, like the way we read about in the Psalms, the way David, David yeah. danced, right, and worshiped when the Ark of the Covenant came back. Um, except Pastor Jeff, you cannot be in your underwear. Okay. No, so just, just, to be, just to be clear, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, the, but the fashion is, is there. Um, so, like um, so that's something I'm really passionate about. The second thing is I'm passionate about singing good theology. Um, mm. You know, again, as yeah. we said, if we consider the largest book in the scriptures is a song book. Okay. Yeah. God's people have been singing theology since the beginning of their existence. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and so we know that, you know, what we believe we sing and what we sing, it ends up reinforcing what we believe. And, 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 and that doesn't mean I want to be this gigantic gatekeeper. Right. Sure. But, but I, I, I want us to be very cognitive of what we're singing and why. And, and that becomes really critically important. You know, um, we always, we, we always want to, sing with passion we always want to sing good lyrics we want to sing good theology you know and, and that's tempered too with you know where you might be across the generations you know i remember in was i in elementary school or junior high we would sing i got a river of life flowing out of me right it was really really great when you start tearing apart the theology it's not really great okay <laughs> <laughs> so but it was super important just the, the just to, to love to learn to love to sing and that was super appropriate for where I was at in sixth grade you know sure. it probably may not be super appropriate now for me to sing you know right. unless I'm just having really fun so so I guess it's not that you want to be a gatekeeper gatekeeper with 
you know, everything we sing, but you just want to be aware of what you're singing and why, yeah. and, and to have a wonderful balance of what we're singing about. You know, one of the things that I was just convicted of maybe, maybe about five years ago is, is to look at who we're singing to in the Godhead. Mm-hmm. I find that trad- some traditions sing an awful lot about God, the father or God, the son, other traditions sing an awful lot about the spirit very few actually sing about all three, right? It's good. And it, it, it's so important because as you sing more to God the Father, I think your theology bends a certain way. If you sing more toward God the Son, your theology bends another way, right? And then the same is true as you continue to sing toward the Spirit. And so to have just this balance and realize, hey, we're singing in a, in a Trinitarian balance. We need to understand what it means to sing to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit it really changes how we, how we think about scripture, how we think about God, how we think about our own entire world around us. So, um, so I'm passionate about that in like 2000. That. Yeah. I, I think I started in 2008 or nine and, and worked on a hymnal book with the CRC and the RCA till about 2014 came out. I, I had a great time. I, I contributed some, but I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in that process and, and working with my friends over at the Calvin Institute. Um, boy, that was, that was fantastic. Um, it was a room full of great musicians and theologians and just sifting through all the songs. And, and, and I think the other thing I realized just about singing good theology is, is when you look at songs across the millennia and thousands and thousands and thousands of years that God's people have been singing is, is, is to really realize that, Hey, what I'm singing in this, 10, 20 year period is just a snapshot of what God, what God's people have been singing for a very, very long time. And to realize we're just a link in the chain here. And what we're trying to be is be super faithful in terms of what we're singing so we can pass on to our children and pass on to other people, you know, and pass on to to the next church leaders and, and and hopefully another hundred or thousand years from now, people are singing and we, we did our part, right. In terms of Mm. this continuity of great, songs that are part of the church so so i'm super excited about those two things seeing god connect in worship to generations singing good theology and i think lastly i'd I'd really love to see um just this developing team of worship leaders and bands and songwriters at generations church that that would i'd be pretty excited about that that's cool you know, I'm going to, as we, as we wrap this up, man, I, I just, this image came to mind as you were talking about um, singing good theology. And I, uh, you know, obviously that resonates with me. That's something we talked about in the process uh, of, of joining up as a team and doing this together. Um, but I always think, just like you said, that I just had this image in my mind that, um, like, I'll be listening to something on the radio as I'm driving home. And then I'm at home and then hours later, I'll still be singing that same thing, whatever it was in the car. And music leaves an impression on us and lyrics stay with us. Right. And so lyrically, theologically, we take that with us. And those things that we sing, we begin to believe and then we you know, kind of graft into our lives. And even if it's as simple as we're still singing them later, but we actually music does. Uh, give us a unique way. It imprints on us in a unique way. And so that makes what we sing incredibly important. 
So thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I do. I think, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this on the podcast. So it kind of binds you, but I think we should do three follow-ups, man, or, or at least a follow-up on how singing heavily towards the father or towards the son or towards the spirit would shape us. I think that'd be a really cool thing to come back and do. So I'll throw that out there and uh, maybe we'll achieve it. But um, Hey, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, for those of you that have not had a chance to meet Paul Tay, he is our new worship pastor. Uh, he is a part of the team at Generations Church, and we are really excited. Um, all the things that he said, um, especially even as he kind of a short brief one on the end, developing a community of, of worship leaders and singers and musicians and songwriters, developing that kind of artistic community at Generations Church is incredibly important to both of us, and that is not something I am gifted to do. So I'm excited to have Pastor Paul with us. And so thank you, Paul, for being here today. Um, thank you for being my friend, and uh, you have led so many worship settings that I've been in. I appreciate you. And so I just want to say thank you to you. All right. Hey, Jeff, thanks. Thanks for uh, letting me be a guest here, and I look forward to the next time. Thanks, Generation Church. Well, if you've been listening to this, you'd like to hear more. Again, we just wrapped up a year-long series working through the Heidelberg Catechism. We're getting ready to start a brand new podcast series starting next week. More to come on that. In the meantime, if you like what you're hearing here, subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcast. Like it, share it. We would appreciate it. And then take a look at what we do in the future. Listen to where we go in worship. Let that be something that's a part of our journey together. God bless you. Thank you. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.